What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Uh, There was no football, NFL football to watch over the weekend, so that was weird. But here we are on a Monday, and uh, the weirdness of the NFL offseason has already started. Kyle, good morning. Well, to be fair... There was football coached by NFL coaches. Twas this weekend. Senior Bowl. Senior Bowl. Um, but yeah, as much as like we could talk about the Senior Bowl game itself, which is the least important part of the week, if we're being honest, uh, as evidenced by Carolina scoring to come within three with like a minute left, and they weren't allowed to kick an onside kick because there's no kickoffs in the games. <laughs> Um, this Matt Stafford, Jared Goff trade blew the roof off football, Twitter, the football world, the NFL, uh, this weekend. And the more we find out about it, I think the more interesting talking points there are that come up, whether that is the trade being agreed upon in principle and Sean McVay and Matt Stafford are sitting at a dinner table together in Cabo, which is odd. Mm -hmm. Um, The teams that were also interested, what they were offering the compensation that Detroit got for Stafford and comparing that to Deshaun Watson, does it compare to Deshaun Watson? Like there's just a lot to get into here. You feel like anybody won this deal? Is there a team that you're like thinking, yeah, that really works for them and it's going to make a difference for their outlook next year? Like Detroit. In Detroit. You pick up future, two future first round picks. Now, I think you, you look at what some of the other offers are, and I think maybe there were better short term payoffs, but Detroit is very clearly paying the long game. They got mm-hmm. both. Uh, their new GM and their new head coach on long-term deals. You knew this was going to be a rebuild. We talked about how you were going to have to tear this thing down to do it right, and they actually embraced that. But they kick-started it because they were willing to eat some cap space, and they got a 2016 former number one overall pick, Jared Goff. And I know Jared Goff's kind of a polarizing player for what he can do inside versus outside of structure and what he's going to look like away from Sean McVay. So, like, I get it. But you got a starting quarterback, so you don't have to force anything at seven. You don't have to trade up assets to go up into the top four to get one of these quarterbacks this year. And who knows what the Rams are going to look like in 2022 and 2023 with their draft picks because that what the Dolphins did with the Laramie Tunsil deal uh, to get future first-round picks, they ended up getting a top-three pick. So like the the bottom could very easily drop out on this Rams roster uh, with how top-heavy it's become. And that's another talking point with how much of their cap space they have rolled up into their top six players and then two players worth of dead cap. I think keeping it on the lion side of things, the fact that Matthew Stafford made his intentions known that he wanted to be traded, the lions didn't deny that, right? That obviously they were okay. Yeah, we got to do this for them to flip Stafford for two ones and a three and get and a, a starting quarterback back in the mix. I think it's a great deal for them. And I I guess I appreciate their willingness to not just stay the, 
course. And I know you said they, they got to tear it down and teams talk about that, but there's always that piece that makes you concerned that they're going to just kind of keep putting band-aids on and try to try to get it right quicker than is realistic. And I, I really, I really think they did a good job of setting themselves up with resources needed to give themselves a real shot in two to three years. So, now, yeah, I, well, I think Detroit knocked this out of the park for their return on a 32 year old quarterback. Yes. So, and, and that was even more that we, it, it, the, the compensation we had speculated and come up with ideas of, of what it would take to get Stafford. And that was more than even you or I was thinking. And we were pretty aggressive. Well, there are a lot of people that were squawking at us saying, well, geez, that's too much for Stafford. Well, we also have people squawking after we, after you took the, the alley-oop and, and dunked it in the basket for what was it specifically the Broncos' reaction to what was going to be required. And it was, well, well, actually, it's this much because Jared Goff was in the deal. Okay, but if you wanted to get the deal done, that's what you were going to have to pay. Yeah. And if you wanted to get the deal done, you were going to have to pay more than what the Rams actually did pay. So we still undershot it, regardless <laughs> of the dynamics of whether it's a technicality that Jared Goff's in the deal or not. Correct. Now, Shuby asked us the question in the pre-show because Shuby just wanted to do the show before the show. I don't know why, but he said, does this make the Rams, he said, co-favorites in the NFC? Now, the fact that they have got Matt Stafford and obviously, brother, the Rams didn't like Jared Goff. They 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 were done, right? Like done, done. So they they certainly view this as they've upgraded the quarterback position, which is a big, big deal, right, in the NFL. Like, if you think that you've upgraded your quarterback position and you're willing to give up what you gave up for Stafford, you must think pretty damn high of this guy. And so Shuby asks us the question, does this make the Rams the favorites or the co-favorites in the NFC in 2021? And um, I guess I guess go first, Kyle, if, if you'd like. You know what I think the straw was that broke the camel's back for this goth marriage in Los Angeles? What's that? We know that Sean last spring loved Justin Herbert's tape. And you knew they were never going to sniff him because they had nowhere <laughs> near the assets, right? Right. So then he goes through another season of Jared being Jared and watching across town the guy he loved in the draft process just absolutely shred it up and rewrite the rookie passing record book. And the limitations came and then John Wolford's, you know, in a starting competition with Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. We're like, what are we doing here? Sean's like, let's, let's go. Let's go. So they get a quarterback in Matt Stafford who has some of the same arm capabilities that Justin Herbert does. He's older. He's more experienced. He's not quite as athletic, whatever he's got. He's got the same kind of arm that puts the full field of play in mm-hmm. on any given play uh, for Sean McVay's offense. So I think that added layer will be an exciting one to see for the Rams specifically. And, uh, if the Rams aren't the co-favorites in the NFC, which, you know, I I like Tampa's roster top to bottom a lot better. And obviously Tom Brady getting to what is 25th Super Bowl, like the, <laughs> right. he just gets to the playoffs and he wins. It doesn't matter. 
Um, I would still lean Tampa knowing that, that Tampa has the flexibility to bring some of their guys back. Uh, maybe not all of them. Um, but the Rams are going to be a top three team in the NFC, just kind of looking at them on paper. But like we said, they have to be, and there's a discussion to get into with their cap allocation. And we'll do that after we say the good things about the Rams and what their forecast looks like this year. So I think Tampa Bay, obviously with Tom Brady back and, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with a, a really significant group of free agents, whether that's an Adamagong Sue, Levante David, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Chris Godwin, right? They got some some stuff to figure out there. And, you know, there's limited cap space this year, and there could be a chance that those guys want to come back for, to Tampa. And they, maybe they take a, a lesser deal or one-year deal or something to run it back with Tom. So Tampa's in the mix, right? They're the friggin' NFC championships champions right now. I mean, Green Bay is coming off of back-to-back 13-3 and three seasons. You'd like to think with a shift at defensive coordinator and, you know, obviously replacing Kevin King in the lineup, that there is an opportunity for Green Bay to be right in this like, thing again. I like Green Bay's roster better than the Rams top to bottom as well. But I think that's the class. I mean, Seattle, sure, right? Like, we know that they're always going to be a respectable team, but like. Do- Can you get weeks one through eight Russell Wilson for 24 weeks and get sure. him to play right. a full season at that caliber? Or that's the question. So I think we've identified like Green Bay, Tampa. Los Angeles Rams, like you mentioned Seattle. I think the wild card, Kyle, is is San Francisco and what they do at quarterback. You know, like if they're able to find something meaningful there. I mean, I know Robert Saleh's gone, but that's the same thing for Los Angeles. Brandon Staley's gone, and man, that dude, like I get it. I say this a million times. He had Ramsey and Donald and not much else, man, Like on that defense, and it was really good. So they have that question to answer as well. Like, can some other defensive coordinator come in here and get comparable results from that roster defensively? All right. So now we have a couple different. There's a split in the road that we can take here. We can talk about San Francisco amid the other offers that the Lions had. Yeah. Um, Or we can talk about. You mentioned them having Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and not having much else, and we can talk about what the Rams roster is going to have to look like this year when you take into account the dead cap that's still on the books for Goff plus what they've brought into play for Stafford, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, you had a tweet. (laughs) Was it Saturday night? it, It blew up. It's Kyle. It ended up having like 5,000 likes. Oh. Dude, so I it was fun because, I you know, I, you, you, Twitter's really fun when a trade like this happens, right? So I'm, you know, I'm dialed into my timeline and I'm, I'm fine. I, you know, you're seeing a lot of the same tweets like you're, oh my God, like the, the, the Rams, their last first round pick was Jared Goff and their next first round pick won't come until 2024. And, and like, you're finding all these different ways of people saying the same thing. And then you came in from, from the damn top rope with everything that they invested in golf. And I hope that you've pulled it up by now. So you can, uh, I can tell you off the top of my head. Okay, so, so, so deliver this on the pod, the Rams invested two ones, two twos and two threes to trade up and acquire Jared Goff with the number one pick. And then after five seasons, used another two ones and a three to replace him. So for five year investment, it was 
four ones, two twos, and three threes for five years of Jared Goff. That's my head exploding. Now, there were some people who said this just proves that the draft doesn't matter. Oh, no. To which I would counter, imagine how much better this roster. The, the Rams would probably have won two Super Bowls over this five-year stretch if they had used those investments in other places because you have an elite player in Aaron Donald on your roster, and they had really good skill players, and they have a great coaching staff. And you have a serviceable quarterback. You can make the argument that they could have won the year they played the Patriots, and you can look at the other years in between, including this year, and it was on the table to take. And uh, it didn't happen, obviously. So, you know, whether that's a different decision at quarterback that requires less of an investment, maybe you trade for a veteran and it's a one and a two instead of, you know, two ones and two twos and two threes. And you think about what those other cheap players could do for your roster. And, you know, if everything else stays static and the same, which of course it doesn't work like that. We know that, but it's just an astronomical investment to get a short-term payoff at a quarterback and then transition away from that quarterback that, you know, the opportunity cost there for the other players that could have been put on this roster is just mind numbing. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. And I understand everything you're saying, and I agree with you. But if they don't, if they don't have Jared Goff on their roster, is Sean McVay their head coach right now? It's an interesting wrinkle because he was brought in to fix Jared Goff. So if well, there is no Goff, there might not be no McVay. I think you could have picked any number of quarterbacks, and McVay still would have been like the hot flavor that off season as a hire. It definitely gave him the courage to hire than him. I I think there's some merit to that. Yeah. I don't think Jeff Fisher was going to continue there, right? So um I, I don't think we can answer that question. But it's it's an interesting layer to consider. But I don't think man, I, I don't think that's a silver lining for me though, Chris. I don't say, well, yeah, they gave up all that for for golf and here we are and he's he's out the door. But the silver lining is that they have McVeigh. You know, no, I, I wasn't trying to spin it that way, but but McVeigh is one of the reasons why they were able to get get to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. So I think it's an important distinction to make that yeah. they may not have Sean McVeigh as their coach if they don't give up those two ones, two twos, and two threes to get Jared Goff in the first place. It's fair. That's fair. Well, so anything else, you? Because I was I was in my head before we moved on to all the other parts of this discussion that we want to get to. I was going to ask you: Is there anything on your mind here that we need to kind of? dig into because you always have good questions so I, I have two thoughts on the the ram side of this trade i love when front offices and and coaches understand the situation that they find themselves in and we can discuss the merits of the cap you know situation that the rams find themselves in and what they're going to have to fix in order to to field the competitive team for for 2021 but they recognized that jared goff wasn't going to get them back to the promised land of a super bowl they had been there before, they had gotten there with him, and they were able to recognize that this wasn't going to happen again. It takes a lot of courage to do something like this. Now, yeah, they blew up their draft capital in order to do so, and that's a totally separate conversation, but how many front offices would have just stuck with Jared Goff 
and ride this thing out because he already got them to a Super Bowl and the front office would have told the coaching staff or the ownership would have told the coaching staff, no, you've been there before with this guy. You can get there again. How much of that do you think goes back to the relationship between Goff and McVay and some of the rumblings that we heard about how the marriage was broken? And like as much as as much as from a surface level, when you heard about the possibility of Goff being traded, you know, I go I went back to the contract and said, I, I'm not sure there's an easy answer here. Like I didn't see a pathway for this to happen. But because that relationship was so bad, they had to separate themselves. Yes, I, I I agree, but also we need to remember, and it was some of the, it was something I said before. Goff wasn't McVay's guy in the first place, right? McVay didn't draft Jared Goff as his quarterback, so this is his opportunity to pick yeah. his guy. And secondly, guys, and this is why I think I'm more higher on the Rams for next season than maybe you guys are. They were tenth in offensive DVOA last year with Jared Goff as their quarterback. What is this thing going to look like with with Matt Stafford and Sean McVay? Stafford probably having the best offensive coach in his career. McVay having the best quarterback they will he will have ever coached as a head coach. I mean, I think the sky's the limit for them offensively. You're unique, and so are your taxes. TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of all that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes for you so you can focus on what matters most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live tax experts can answer your questions, give tax advice, review your return before you file, or even just do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. Who wants to do some math? Schubert. Oh, oh boy. All right. Chris, you got a calculator? I have a calculator. I can get it open here for I, you. I yeah. would encourage you to actually use the calculator. Okay, the calculator is open. Go ahead. Okay, let me ask you a question, guys. What are we projecting the 2021 salary cap to be? Over the cap, one. yeah. Overthecap.com has it at one seventy six, but yeah. there have been rumblings of it getting to about the one eighty number. Do you want okay. to be generous and use one eighty? Let's use one eighty. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to read you some some cap numbers here, some cap features sure. for the for the Rams. Uh, let's start with Jared Goff's twenty two point two million dollar cap hit. Okay. Are you starting at one eighty and subtracting? Are you just starting at twenty two point two and adding. I'm starting at 22.2 and adding. Okay, so $22.2 million. 12.3% of their cap for Jared Goff's dead cap this year. Okay? You good? I have 22.2 in there, yeah. Okay, now make sure you add the $8.4 million in dead cap that the Rams are responsible for for the Todd Gurley contract and trade that took place last offseason. That is in the number. Okay, so now we're up over uh, $30 million, correct? Yes, 30.6 is the official Okay, 30.6 for two players who are not going to play on your football team in 2021 with a reduced cap. Okay. Uh, Aaron Donald's cap hit uh, $27.9 million. Okay, added 58.5 is our new total. 
okay, Jalen Ramsey's on the books with his new contract at $22.5 million. Uh, $81 million is our current number. $81 million for two players on your roster. Matthew Stafford, uh, a 9.5 base salary, a $10 million roster bonus because he'll be on uh, the roster or the third or the fifth or whatever day of the year it is uh, for, to activate that roster bonus, and a $500,000 workout bonus, which we're assuming he's going to get. So that's $20 million in total that I get to add to the cap. We are now at $101 million, Kyle, in this okay. exercise. Now let's, let's Cooper Cup is 14 and a half. They just got a nice contract from the Rams. 115 and a half. 115 and a half. Okay, what about Robert Woods at 14? Oh, that gets us to 129 and a half. Okay, so 129 and a half. And then Andrew Whitworth, uh, $11.1 million. That gets us to 140.6. Okay, so $140 million. For six players on your roster. Is that good, guys? That's what they're paying this year. That's just their that's their thing, right? It's stars and scrubs. This is their deal. They want top end players that they pay and then just like fill it in. Which is fine, but it's like do the math. It's a hundred and eighty million dollar cap room. You've got 140 wrapped up in six players. You got a 53 man active roster. So you're talking 47 players for yeah. 40 million. Like it's 39.4 it's 39. million. You can't even pay every other player on uh, the roster a million dollars against the cap this year. Yeah. Not how I would do it. Veteran, veteran minimum or rookie contract, and they don't have picks. It's going to be, be a lot of UDFAs, man. A lot of UDFAs on that roster. Well, and it's like if you if you are a free agent, you're gone, right? Like John Johnson's going to hit the free agent market. Now. That's a good player, yeah. He's a really good player. If you're a free agent on the Rams, just pack your bags. You ain't coming back. They must be really thinking about the comp pick formula, right? I mean, with the guys they lost last year and the fact that they can't really sign anybody and the way that they're adding to the rosters through trades. You know, they're really buying in on these third and fourth round comp picks. Well, and they, they, they cashed in on uh, comp picks with for the Brad Holmes hire as well. So they I got was just going to say that they're getting some extra year. capital that way, too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they're they're in the day two, day three area getting some more picks. Yeah. In Yeah. Wow. OK. <laughs> but it's just eye opening to think you got to fill 47 spots on your roster and you got effectively 40 million dollars to do it. Man. Oh, wow. So Brandon Bean with the Bills, he's at least hinted that his expectations when he was building the roster last year, you know, before the pandemic, was that the cap would fall in 210 to 215, right? Yep. So that would it, goes, like, it goes up to 10, 10, 11 million dollars every year. So, so to be planning accordingly, and then all of a sudden the, the rugs pull right out from underneath you, and it's 175, man. Talk about plot twist. Well, and that's we even gave it to him at 180. What happens sure. if it is 175 on the floor? Add, add five yeah, million. Add, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's not to say it can't get done. And I don't want us to turn our nose up at, at what the Rams have been able to do with this stretch with Sean McVay and, and Les Snead. But, like, it feels like for Les, this is kind of like shit or get off the pot time, right? It's like oh. this this is the move you got to make because you're – it's – what's that Adam Sandler movie? Joe, I don't expect you to know it. Chris, what's that Adam Sandler movie that was like on Netflix or whatever? 
when he was doing the gambling and it was just like, he just kept getting in deeper and deeper and deeper. So are you referencing uncut gems? Yes. Uncut gems. It's not a Netflix movie, but it is on Netflix. He's like Adam Sandler in that movie where it's just like, you are so far into it that you have no choice, but to just continue to push your chips all the way in and say, this is either going to blow up or it's going to be the most brilliant payoff in the history of mankind. Well, can, can I just add that if it blows up, it's not going to be less need and Sean McVay's problem to fix. Like I had a friend, t- I had a friend tell me that yesterday. Like they did this, and like if it if it if it doesn't work, they're not going to be the ones to have to fix it. Right. It's it's like in the movie, right? They, either the guys whack you off, and you're dead, and you, you don't you don't got to worry about it anymore, or you get the payoff. I feel the need to remind everyone of what Sean McVay has accomplished. Right, four seasons as the Rams head coach: mm-hmm. eleven and five, thirteen and three, nine and seven, ten and six. Play, uh, you know, three playoff wins. Obviously, three losses as well. But, I mean, like, this was a middling team, and Sean McVay has come in, and he's he's been a difference. He's got a coaching tree already. I know that, like, we squawk at that a little bit, but Matt LaFleur, Zach Taylor, Brandon Staley, he's produced three head coaches, you know, like, in, in a very short period of time. Um, Does he have, like, is there enough of a resume here for him to gain some benefit of the doubt? Well, I think so with Sean. Yeah, that's why I said this was less need. Okay. Shit or get off the pot time. I think Sean would be fine. Because like you said, he he has taken a team that has been constructed very in a very unorthodox kind of way. Yeah. And continues to to coach and have success and then schematically he's he's in great shape. But from a team building perspective and and how far less need has continued to you know, because he he was even all in before Sean got there with the Jared Goff trade to begin with. Yeah. So, you know, okay, we're seeing more decision makers who survive on missing a quarterback, right? But you have to hit on a coach. You can't miss on both. Yeah. So, less hit on the coach, and he missed on the quarterback. And now in trying to make up the difference, he's either going to now make or break it. Because if he can't get it right the second time, then they're going to say, okay, thanks for playing. It's rough. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less. Up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. Are you ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and Super Bowl Sunday is right around the corner. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Maybe you want to put some cash down on the Chiefs or Bucks in the Super Bowl or take advantage of some of those fun prop bets Check out betonline.ag because they have the best lines in the business. 
Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So I think the two fun layers to look at coming out of this deal is the other teams that were in the mix on Stafford. And thanks to Albert Breer, we, we know we yeah. know who was in and what they offered. And then I think the natural question that I think I'm asking, and I think a lot of other people are, are is, so what does this mean for Deshaun Watson? If Stafford goes for this, what does it take to get Watson from Texas or the Houston Texans? So let's work, look at the teams that were in on uh, Stafford. Carolina, they offered pick number eight plus a late round selection. Eight. They offered eight. Yeah. And that's consistent with the messaging that's come out of that facility and that they want a quarterback and they want to be aggressive to do it. And first one that comes around, they offer eight for 32 year old Matthew Stafford. Can I share a hot take? Please. I, I think Detroit should have taken this offer if it was truly on the table. We can come back to that because I have thoughts on, on which offer I would have taken if I was Detroit. So Washington football team, 19 and a third round pick. Indy did not offer 21, but I guess they were interested. San Francisco did not have an official offer and rumored to not be willing to part with number 12. Denver discussed a pick swap. New England, <laughs> a second round pick and a player. And then the Bears and Jets checked in with no offer. So I thought about eight. And it was a part of me that was like, man, I can't believe Detroit didn't take eight. They could have had seven and eight and a later pick. But then I asked myself, how do I perceive this draft class? And Mm -hmm. we said it on the show last week, Mm -hmm. man, I feel like the back half of the top 10 is just kind of like this power vacuum where I'm not in love with anything that I see in that space in the draft. And if you were to flip Stafford for eight, you'd now have to ask yourself, am I going to take successive players? Am I going to give these up to move up? And is that the best return on investment that I can get? Or am I going to have to hope and pray I can find trade partners to trade down to get more picks and get more comfortable with the the return on investment and value that I could potentially get? So eight's the best pick, but I don't think it's the best value versus what this draft class is. Two follow-ups to that is number one, you have a new general manager and staff, right? So this this not only gives you, I think, less expectations for 2021 if you're Detroit, which mm-hmm. is good, right? You don't want to trot in there with two top 10 picks, Jared Goff, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, you, there may be some expectations that you're supposed to go somewhere in 2021. But it gives you that time together as a front office to understand what you want and give you that fresh cycle before you enter those drafts with multiple first round picks, which they're going to have too, uh, you know, in 2022 and 2023. So yeah. In addition to what you said there, Kyle, I, I think that makes that a pretty smart play in my mind. And, and you don't, I mean, what do you get back in that? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, you'd rather have golf, right. right? Right. And I know that they, they said the first initial offer was between the Rams and Lions was 1-3-2022-1, a three in Jared Goff. And then all the bidding picked up, and then they threw in the extra one in 2023. Wow. wow. 
Uh, that was a part of Breer's column as well earlier in the column. So, Joe, I would ask you, if the Rams had not thrown in the extra one in 2023, and it was just, we'll give you Goff and a three this year and our one next year, is that the best offer here? And if it's not, which of the other offers would you have taken, knowing what we know about the offers? I feel like getting Goff back is a big deal because you got to have a quarterback. Like you can love Goff or not, but like he's at least the top 20 starting quarterback in the NFL. And I think he moves the needle for me. Like if, even if it, that Carolina package was eight Bridgewater and a later pick, I don't, I don't like that as much. What about the Washington offer? 19 and a third. I'm definitely now I'm in complete no man's land. I'm talking about like signing Andy Dalton or Tyrod sign Fitz, Taylor. Sign Fitzpatrick. Sure. Yeah, that's those are the players. That's what you're looking at doing. But I like the value of 19, the players that are going to be on the sure. board in that range. Sure. And I get a better secondary follow-up, and my payoff comes right now. I see both sides of that. What do you make of Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis is like a, a good football team, right? And they don't, I mean, they don't have a quarterback. They right. don't have one. They don't have right. a quarterback. They don't have a left tackle. They didn't, they didn't even offer 21. Like what, what, what are we doing for the Colts here? Well, I know that's the, I think we said that last Thursday night, right? Is Chris Ballard talking about as soon as I give up a one for a quarterback, you know, the heat gets turned on. Okay. So but what like, are you going to do? You sign Andy like, Dalton? <laughs> I, think, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, we, we, we want to talk about what this trade does for the Deshaun Watson market. And I think the thing it shows the most is who the, who the contenders are, who the real contenders are for teams that would get in the action to try and make the splash. Miami and New York notwithstanding, right? You know, because I don't think New York was interested in New York being in their position. They weren't interested in giving up two or anything for a 32-year-old quarterback. That just doesn't make any sense. So I get that they would not be super hot into this market. And from Miami's perspective, you have the top five overall pick in last year's draft. You're not going to make that move for Matt Stafford. That doesn't make any no, sense. No, right. Yeah. So I think you can insert the Jets and Dolphins into this and – uh the the our friends over at Pro Football Network who were the first on the Laramie Tunsil deal they're very well dialed into Miami. They said last week in the Senior Bowl, uh, if Deshaun Watson is made available for trade, the Dolphins will involve themselves in the conversation. So we at least know Miami's willing to pick up the phone for Deshaun Watson. Right, and I think that's a an important distinction. That's right. the only reason they should pick up the phone, right? right. Like, right. Because of the, they should Stafford or, or you know. No, none of these other quarterbacks right. make sense, but because no. it's Watson, right. but at least we know now, like, we know there's interest from Watson to go play in Miami. Yeah. We know there's interest in Watson getting out of Houston, but we didn't know if there was going to be interest in Miami's end to entertain the phone call. We at least know that's the case. So we can include the Jets and the Dolphins in here, but the Bears never made an offer. I don't know if that's because it was in the NFC North. Yeah. I don't know. But Carolina and Washington being yep. as in as they are versus San Francisco, who's a name who's often tied to, oh, they should make a move for Deshaun Watson, or Indianapolis is never going to get him because he's in the division. Or Denver, even though people talk about Denver as a potential spot that would make sense as well, 
Carolina, Washington, New York, and Miami. So what do you, we talked about Indianapolis. Yep. What do you make of San Francisco and New England? Because there was a lot of momentum that Stafford would be in play for San Francisco. They weren't even willing to give up 12 to get Stafford. So what do you think their plan at quarterback is? They still have Jimmy G. Let's not forget. So they have Jimmy G. I mean, who else is they, they have to be draft focused. What at 12, are you sitting there saying, okay, we're fine. If it's Mac Jones, what do you make of Mac Jones being on the Panthers roster and then not playing in the senior bowl game? Are they, is that their plan? You know, like, no, let's hope not. I, I mean, I love my wife. I don't want her to go through that. She's a Panthers fan. She wants to Sean. I got my best friend. Kyle wants to Sean. I got my wife wants to Sean. There's about Hopefully 30, somebody gets fans of about 28 different teams that right. Sean. So no, brother, brother, brother. We we can yeah, maybe that's another conversation. You, but you my. awoken the church of Tua yesterday with your mock draft, didn't you? Sure. Oh wow. What an experience. Um, yeah, the Dolphins fans very split on sticking with Tua in the picks or going all in on Deshaun Watson. And it's funny because like it, it's it's almost like politics where they're so far on the other side. And they like, there's, there's like, no, there's, venom, no man. Middle, there's no middle ground. No, it, and I was going to talk to you privately, but I'll, I'll give you, I'll do this on the podcast right now. Like kudos to you for what you do covering that Dolphins football team, because I think your voice in that community is so critical because a lot of the best feedback that I got from Dolphins fans as I navigated through this discussion last night on Twitter when I dropped my mock draft was people saying, Kyle Krabs, he says, like, don't marry yourself to one option. And I don't know that they're getting that. For, like, I, I'm sure there's a lot of good Dolphins coverage out there. I'm not trying to, to cast shade on any one of them. But I think that you kind of helping shape this or, or help people shape their minds on on this possibility has been really good for them, man. Because goodness gracious, these guys are really, really extreme on both sides. Dol- of stuff. Dolphins fans were told for eighteen months to a Tungvalo is the savior yeah. of the franchise, and there's no other option. It has to be him. You, you're you have an important role to play, and I think you're doing a great job, man. So, um, but I don't. Is there maybe this is Chris Schubert's fault? Like, what is it about? the discrepancy in perception of how good Deshaun Watson is. Like why, why are there people that don't yeah, view him as, like, explain this? What is this? What's how did this become my fault? Because you don't like Deshaun. That's that's untrue. If Deshaun Watson played, it was traded to my football team. Deshaun Watson, I, I would love watching Deshaun Watson play guys. Well, I've, I, we've had this conversation. I think he's like quarterback eight. Like I'm not, I'm not crapping on the guy. He's top five for sure. He is top five. Fine. I concede. I concede. I wave the white flag on this argument. I just don't want to have it anymore. Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback. Can we leave me alone now, please? Okay, I'll leave you alone. But the the, the point being that there are there are Dolphins fans, a lot of them, and they're quite angry that don't view Deshaun Watson like that. They they don't. The arguments are well, his team won four games last year. Uh he's never won in the playoffs. Uh Sir. Sir, <laughs> you're, you're you're right. You're right. Because Deshaun Watson didn't wait. have the Texans up twenty four nothing on the Chiefs a year no. ago. Wait, wait, doesn't win in the playoffs, sir. Yeah. He's never won anything. Yeah. He's never won anything. Never mind the fact that, like, coming into twenty twenty, I think it was 
one out of every three wins that he had in the to start his career was like a fourth quarter yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like he has to pull rabbits out of his hat every single week. <laughs> um, he's been called selfish. Uh, you oh, know, no. he wants to get out of Houston. We know what's to say in three years, he's not going to be tired of Miami and decide oh. that uh, he wants to get out of there. He's been called entitled uh, because he wanted to have input on the direction of the franchise and he didn't get it. And now he's throwing a quote unquote temper tantrum and wants out. Um, yeah, the, the, that's kind of the, the side that does not view Deshaun Watson favorably in the Miami Dolphins specific debate. Those are the the things that get attached. And, and I've also seen people say that two is already better than Deshaun Watson. Two is a better quarterback than Deshaun can, Watson. Can I, can I try to play, um, very entry level psychologist here? Please do. Do you know what this is guys? And, and, and Kyle, you're, you're a Dolphins fan. I'm a Jets fan. Joe, you're a Bills fan. Up until the last couple of years, you've gone, you've gone through this. When you know things aren't going to go the way that you want them to, you come up with these justifications as to why they're not going to happen. So I think Miami Dolphins fans are in the back of their head. They know, because time and time again, stuff like this happens, that Deshaun Watson might not play for them next year. So these are their justifications for why it's okay that Deshaun Watson isn't going to be a Dolphin next year and he's going to play in San Francisco. right? Like I see Jets fans are already doing it. Oh, this roster is not complete enough for Deshaun Watson, right? This roster, you can't give up the, the you know this number of draft picks for Deshaun Watson because then you're not going to have a roster to put around him. This is what fans of franchises who don't have stability and long-term success, this is what they do. They come up with these justifications in their head. Now, some of them might truly believe what they're saying, but I think a lot of this is internally trying to justify why your team isn't going to end up with Deshaun Watson. That's also an argument. Uh, if, if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you'll have nothing left to build around him. Like the Dolphins don't have top 10 cap base this year. And that, they won that, 10 games and we're a game away from the playoffs. Like, shut up. A high-level high defense. Yeah. I have ignored all of my tweet mentions that – like Except have, for that one. Except for that one. If you come at me with, oh, well, he's just going to throw the ball to Mac, Mac Hollins and Isaiah Ford – you know, I'm like, okay, nope, that whatever, yell at me and be mad. But like when you say that, you're just really boxing yourselves in and you don't want to consider this possibility. Correct. Don't mirror yourself to any individual possibility. So do we want to finish on what this does for Deshaun Watson's trade market? Please. Real yeah. quick. Real quick. Yeah. Uh is it it's nothing, right? Yes. The answer is it, it does nothing to his trade market. Jill. I think it puts it into perspective. I think it helps. It helps the people that think 18, a 2022 first round pick and Tua gets it done. Like, I think it helps shape reality here a little bit, thinking that it's just not going to be a giveaway because Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. It's going to take a lot. And what I packaged in the mock draft is you did a live mock draft with Trevor Sycamore. I watched mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I saw what you gave up. Same crap I gave up for Deshaun Watson. I would do that deal today. I hope Dolphins fans Dol- didn't hear you say that. Dolphins fans do not want to hear me say that. I would deal that do that deal today. You want to? It was three eighteen Tua Xavier Howard and next year's one. Yep. Now, when I did it with Trevor, I managed to. I was not the GM. I was not deciding if whether that trade went through or not. I did manage to salvage eighteen. And I gave up 35 instead of 18. Okay. Maybe 335, Houston's original picks, Xavier Howard, Tua, and next year's one. Close enough, right? We're splitting yep. hairs if we get crazy about that. Right, right. Here, here, I got to stop right there because I need, I need you to answer this question. Okay. 
it felt like Dolphins fans were very upset about Xavier Howard being part of this deal, right? He's coming off with, with 10 interceptions. Of course. First yeah, team all, all, pro. all pro season should be deep boy. I don't think he's going to be deep boy, but should be deep boy. They think Jalen Ramsey is the, like the, 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 what the Rams gave up for Jalen Ramsey. I think the the Dolphins fans are coming at me saying that, that like the Xavier Howard's worth that. And so, so you cancel that out in the offer if you include him. So, so Kyle, please respond to that. I see the argument. I think he is worth a one uh, plus, but I think a couple things that you have to remember with, with Xavier Howard is this is far and away his best season. He's had good interception totals, but his, his coverage consistency from game to game over a 16 game sample size has never been to the stratosphere of what it is in 2020. And you can point to that and say, that's the new normal. Uh, I don't think a team that is acquiring him is going to think that way. And you have to consider this is the first time in Xavier Howard's career in which he has not dealt with a knee injury. So you kind of did going into the year, right? Well, he's still rehabbing the surgery he had in the offseason that he said was worse than his experience with an ACL. So, like, you're talking about a 27-year-old corner with – Going back to Baylor, he's had like multiple knee injuries, significant structural knee injuries in both of his knees. Like from the Dolphins' perspective, I don't want to trade Xavier Howard, but if Xavier Howard wants to hold out for Jalen Ramsey money, which is $20 million per season, and you're the Dolphins and you just gave him this contract 18 months ago, you're never going to get a higher opportunity to cash him out, cash him out as an asset right now. And in the back of your mind, you're asking yourself, when is the knees going to become an issue again? And you just drafted Noah Igbenogany as a developmental corner at 30 in the first round of last year's draft, and they didn't play him in the nickel. They said he's an outside corner. Well, do the math. There's only two outside corners on the field. They just signed Byron Jones. Xavier Howard has missed 30% of the possible games that he could, could have played in the NFL so far. With the ticking time bomb that is his knee. And folks, this is a cornerback. It's not like your athleticism goes done, right? Like you can't play. That cliff is steep. Right. And how many corners have you seen hit the age of 30 and the cliff comes? Long list. So food for thought. And and I think that that does merit what you had initially asked of like, is he going to get Jalen Ramsey compensation in, in value in a trade? No, I don't think he is. But your best chance to do it is now. And if you're going to take back on Deshaun Watson, it helps alleviate some of the cap commitment, right? Like you, you maintain right. some flexibility. A ton of cap flexibility. And you don't have to give up your 2023 one to survive whatever bidding war is coming. I can't wait for Deshaun Watson's trade to be done <laughs> because the speculation is leading right. to just crazy conversations insanity which is i mean it's it's interesting to, it's fascinating to talk about because we are in completely uncharted waters right like we've never been here before correct and and so the, the, that's why there can't be unfound certainty in anything that you think right like there are no absolutes right now there are, no there's no case study that you can point to that gives us the answer here that gives us the precedent that we need to really know how mad do you think Washington is right now that they won the division? <laughs> if you're going to try and get into a bidding war for like Matt Stafford and Deshaun yeah. Watson and you have the 19th pick because you went seven and nine and won the division 
in a year in which like in an that's typically going to get you like where Carolina's picking at eight or ten. If you don't get Stafford or Watson in this carousel, and, and and it's funny because you think of Washington, you think of San Francisco, you think about Indy, then like there's so many teams here, and there's just not there's just not enough people, right? There's not enough high level quarterbacks. Right. To you'll fill get, all these vacancies. You'll get quarterbacks in different spots, but it's not going to be the – there's like three that everybody wants. And they can't go to every team. Right. So if Deshaun Watson comes available, go get him. And hope he's on your list – or hope you're on his list. Better hope – good Good for uh, the, the Dolphins. Teams Watson, that know they're on the list. <laughs> they're on the damn list. I've seen, I've seen uh, Deshaun Watson in a Dan Marino T-shirt or whatever that was. That's true. All right. Well, uh, we're going to be back this evening, live Super Bowl week. So we're going to have some fun stuff lined up. So make sure you plan accordingly. Uh, YouTube, the Draft Network, this evening, 7.30 for sure. We may be kicking off a little early. We have some administrative stuff to investigate. So uh, put push notifications on. That way you'll just find out when we go live and problem solved. You can just join us then and party and pregame. Uh, the Super Bowl all week long, which we're looking forward to. Kyle Krabs, Chris Schubert, and Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast.